Welcome to Two Guys, A Girl and a Movie Podcast with Adam, Lee and Josie, your hosts, taking an analysis of some beloved movies, both blockbuster and lackluster. Grab a bowl of popcorn and see if their collective score and analysis matches your views. It's time for Two Guys, A Girl and a Movie Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys, A Girl and a Movie Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Josie. And I'm not Adam. No, I'm Lee. <laughs> you, are, you are Lee, <laughs> that is head. true. And uh, we're here to talk about an absolute classic today. Lee, what are we talking about, mate? We're talking about Back to the Future. And it came out? Uh, when it came out? Uh, 1985. <laughs> 1985. Give us a little bit of background, the synopsis director and such. So the IMDb synopsis is, Marty McFly, a 17-year-old high school student, is accidentally sent 30 years into the past in a time-travelling DeLorean invented by his close friend, the maverick scientist Doc Brown, uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Mm, very famous mm. director. Very famous director. But very famous movie. Spielberg was a part of it. Was he producer? He was one of the producers. Yeah, that's, yeah. That was a big call as well. Uh, yeah, huge movie. So uh, what we want to know now is each person's relationship with the film. I want to start with you, Lee. Um, look, for me, it's um, I was uh, – I think I was probably about 10 when I, saw, when I watched it for the first time. Mm-hmm. It had already been out for a while. I was born in 86, so it came out even before I was born. Um, but it's – it's been a fan favourite of mine for a long time. It's a very, very easy to watch movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I find myself going back to uh, on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, similar to Lee, I generally cannot remember the first time I saw Back to the Future. I'm assuming it was a time where it just was on the TV when we were younger, had to get through the ads to watch it again. Um, but, yeah, I can't really remember my, like, relationship with it. It's just one of those movies that's kind of always there. You know? have, have you liked it once whilst it's always been there? Yeah, of course. Like it's one of those movies that if it's on the TV, you're like, oh fuck yeah, Back to the Future's on. Like I'm gonna watch it. Um, yeah, I'm, there's, there's no real relationship to it. It's just Back to the Future for me. <laughs> like, it's also hard as well because whenever whenever I find myself watching it, I have to wa- I, have to, I have to watch all of them. Yeah, I was I was a massive fan of Spin City when I was younger. Like okay. I, I loved Michael J. Fox and um, Spin City. Um, and so I think I saw Spin City before I actually saw Back to the Future. Interesting. Yeah, and so I think my dad or my mum were like, oh, have you seen Back to the Future? Because we know how much you love Spin City and then went from there. Yeah, the story of uh, Michael J. Fox is a very interesting one. Of course, he was massive on Family Ties and then this was a massive breakout for him as well. I remember stuff like Team Wolf. Like, he was booming in the um, like mid to late 80s. And yeah, I remember, Family Ties. I remember him doing heaps of stuff and um, being, being really well. Lee, you're a terrible human. Um, and my relationship with the movie is I remember seeing it when I was uh, when I was very young and it's funny because I remember seeing bits and pieces of it and knowing of it, but I remember it really hitting home how much I enjoyed it. We watched it at school once. And What um, kind of school are you going to where this is an opportunity to watch it at school? I don't know, Mirror Booker? <laughs> <laughs> the um, Book Bride. <laughs> 6061. Uh, so we watched it at school and like I just remember it sort of, I don't know, it sort of hit home even more so how much I really enjoyed this movie. Like I don't think I came across anyone in my entire like school that didn't like the movie. It's one of those movies that was almost yeah, universally to, loved. I don't know if I know anyone that doesn't like Back to the Future. Oh, we haven't finished the scoring yet. Oh, yeah, true. Oh, That's very this true. Guy. Yeah. Um, no, so I always really liked it, but it's what's funny is that like, um, and I was saying this before we started, but I always like growing up, I also remember the massive hype around the second one. And I really like the second one because I like the futuristic stuff, even though it's such a small part of the movie. And number three, I was kind of just okay on. But now that I've gone back and watched this, not only for this podcast, but even growing up, being older now, I actually just tend to love this movie more and more each time I see it. It, mm. it, it doesn't waste any time. It's so well paced and so yep. like no wasted movie. It's just a, such a good bloody movie. It's a well put together movie. Oh, it's yes. so good. Um, so yeah, I, I've always been a massive fan of this movie, but I didn't realise how much of a fan I was until I started note taking about it and thinking like, man, yeah. this is just yeah. so well done. And it flows well in, oh, the, in the sense yeah. that like, there's nothing, there's nothing extra that needs to be cut out. There's nope. nothing extra that could be added to make it better. It's just a, a great movie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so let's start with our categories where we get our scores from. Uh, the first one is basic casting. Do you want to start, Joes? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, Michael J. Fox, love him. Um, so happy that he actually uh, got into this movie. I know it was very close call that he almost wasn't in the movie, mm-hmm. and I think that might have been a massive game changer for it. Because it would have been a different movie completely. He yeah. he just um, is so good at it, and I know um, who was the was it Eric Stoltz, Eric Stoltz that was yeah. meant to be in it. He saw it as more of a serious movie rather than a, a comedic. 
type way. So I think, as you said, it would be in a completely different movie. So they also filmed quite a bit apparently before yeah. they changed. Apparently, yeah. there's a couple of scenes still in there where it's a different actor. Really? So yeah, yeah I just um, was. I'm really happy that they ended up going with Michael J. Fox, um, Christopher Lloyd. Just him. I don't. I'm trying. I was trying to think of the word last night, but his. Um, just his what's the word like his whole body acting is just phenomenal like him just doing his lines amazing but the the way he walks his uh, facial expressions like how he you know falls off the clock tower and things like that he just like goes a hundred percent with it that's that's a very christopher lloyd thing to do yeah i I can't even think of what the i'm trying to think of the word that i'm I'm animated yeah i guess it's like his animations and the the way overly dramatic yeah i just feel like he really committed to his role and his he's a very memorable character um you know to this day um so yeah again i feel like he was a great casting and um i don't know if this is going to be controversial or not but i think anyone could have played biff Okay. Ooh, okay. I mean, that, that is a little controversial. I get, but I get, I understand what you're talking about. Biff became Biff, though. Yeah, correct. And yeah. he, you know, as far as typecasting is concerned, that's that's what he's known for. Yeah. yeah. Like if you picture Tom Wilson in any other movie, if you were to say Tom Wilson, everyone's normally the response is Biff. like, "What?" Or who and is you're that? Biff. <laughs> I've read that he has a pre-written script of all of the same questions that have been asked to him apparently there's like 10 questions that are always asked to him and so he just hands a sheet over to people now that have the answers <laughs> because he's so sick of the same questions over and over again yeah it's fair not yeah. bad uh what'd you score oh um i scored it a 0.5 Ooh, okay. um i'm giving it a full one because i think the casting is tremendous in this movie michael j fox is just so charming in mean, everything he does really even when he is um <clears throat> an older person um, like he, he's more recent stuff. He did a little bit of Curb Your Enthusiasm um, a couple of years ago. That was just oh, tremendous. Yes, yeah, so good, so typical of Larry David. And you can only imagine the shit that goes on. It's it's amazing. But like even even when he was doing stuff like Spin City and all that, and some of his serious roles, he's just such a great actor and such a hell of a talent. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he's got got a great look for the time as well. Uh, Christopher Lloyd is phenomenal. The overtop sort of like wacky mad scientist, I mm-hmm. guess, trope they were going for. Absolutely nails it. And Christopher has done a lot of things. Like you said, he's often quite, um, I guess, very vocal and sort of um, pronounced in how he delivers his dialogue and stuff like that. But the way he does his Doc Brown character has kind of followed him in many ways. Have you seen Piranha or Piranha 3D as it was, the remake of Piranha? No. He plays like this sort of um, uh, marine biologist, like sort of um, specialist on fish that tells the people about the piranhas and stuff but he delivers all of his dialogue exactly like doc brown it's amazing you know that they literally went to this movie and said hey just do this and this you know so he's like you know i don't want to impersonate it but anyway it's great <laughs> um christopher lloyd's great uh crispin glover is fan fucking tastic in this movie uh he's such a weird strange quirky guy yeah he's, but a, he's, a, he's a weirdo it, but i feel like he's always a weirdo he is but he it, is maybe because this is the first thing i remember seeing him in but he's just so good as his character he seems so out of place and so I, like you say i guess it's just him really yeah and but, i think that that's part of the charm yeah, that, that's definitely part of the charm and the part of the reason why it works so well because he's such a weird guy. And it fits that he doesn't have the guts to talk to the girl he likes, which yeah. rolls on to the yeah. next one. Lee Thompson in this is absolutely tremendous. I just want to point out that she is very, very, very attractive in this movie. <laughs> well, even with the really bad makeup at the start. No, oh, they're trying, she, trying to make her look old, oh, that's they're bad. To make yeah. Just as she is as a young, because she was 23 when she filmed that, right? Yeah. She's, she's yeah. dynamite, man. Yeah, she's, she's hot back she's then. She's absolutely, Smoking. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. But she's so good as like the like the horny teen like sort of mm-hmm. um you know yeah it's kind of creepy right like the, there's there's a i, I you kind of get like kind of chills i get chills about it when i'm like man that's <laughs> she, because i think uh, there's yeah, dramatic irony that's attached to it because it's sort of it's kind of gross because you understand the concept behind yeah. it but she's all in and it's fantastic yeah. She, like, oh yeah she's just oh you just get goosebumps because you're like oh she's so well, it's it's you know it's her kids, so it's, yeah. it's weird. Yeah, yeah. But like the way she does her part in this movie is just bonkers good. Uh, I also got to throw out some love to uh, James Tolkien, who is the um, the principal. What's his um, Strickland? Strickland, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Strickland. Love that guy so yeah. so much. He could do anything, and every single time I'd be like, "Oh man, he's so." Can good. you imagine if he was like uh, like a commanding officer of like a uh, of like a, a naval freight with like planes on it? It'd be. I can imagine him chastising someone, and like you know, I reckon that'd be a really good movie. I think. I think he could. He could really excel in that role. Yeah, like, that'd be tops. It'd be a gun. Oh, don't. <laughs> That is so. Uh, You've seen Top Gun, right? Yes. He's yeah. in Top you, Gun. You know the guy, right? The yeah, that, guy? that's why I'm going no. 
He is amazing. I love that guy so much. Like how he didn't get more roles of doing the same shit. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Cause I would be in for every single one of them. I'm giving a, a big, big one for our uh, casting. I am glad that um, obviously with a lot of the cast um, from, from back to the future, number one, um, a lot of them got invited to come back to reprise their roles and do mm. different roles. And I am really happy that um, James, uh, James Tolkien actually got a, uh, a, a, re- a reprise for number three, uh, where he plays like his great, great grandfather and he's the sheriff of the town. And always calls people slackers. Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> It's just basically the same guy just yeah. with a shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Crispin um, Glover didn't because no, yeah, uh, there was, there was Biff. Yeah, there was Biff. Yeah, so that's it. a bit of a shame. There was Biff. 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 <laughs> uh, I didn't even mean to do Josie that. Josie made it funny. All right, uh, casting for me. Look, I'm just going to echo basically what the both of you have said. I reckon the casting is top shelf. Um, Michael J. Fox. I don't think anyone could have done this role better. Um, look, nothing against Eric Stoltz, but for me, when I think Eric Stoltz, the first movie that I think of when it comes to Eric Stoltz is actually the Butterfly Effect, and that's a creepy movie with him in it. Interesting. Um, if you haven't watched it, um, it's okay. It's not a phenomenal movie, but uh, Eric Stoltz is super creepy. In He's a good role. actor. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's nothing against him. Mm. It's just I just don't think it was the role for him. him yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, you know watching um, watching uh, Michael J. Fox in Family Ties, mm-hmm. um, obviously in this and then moving on to Spin City and then the rest of the stuff that he's done, um, obviously his um, career took a, a pretty big hit. So, um, such a shame, though. Yeah, when he got diagnosed. And that sucks for him, right? But Because I reckon it was obviously a massive talent gone to mm. waste. But... But um, he was phenomenal in all the stuff that he's done, in yeah. all the stuff that he's done to up to date and the stuff that he was done before that. Yes. Um, Christopher Lloyd, look, Emmett Brown, again, no one could have done that role better than him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, actually, because obviously a lot of people uh, associate Christopher Lloyd with Emmett Brown, right? Doc Emmett Brown, that's the first thing that they think of when they think Christopher Lloyd. For me, it's not. Um, it's actually I think of the judge from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, he's oh. so good in that. So that's the first the first movie that I think we of when need I think to of Christopher Lloyd. Do that soon. It's such a good movie. Um, oh, look, I agree with you to a certain degree about the whole Tom Wilson and Biff. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I get what you're talking about as far as anyone could effectively play that yeah. role. It's sort of whatever. I do I do think that he did make it his own though to a certain yeah. degree. Nothing against him. I yeah. can just see like when we're talking about uh, Michael J. Fox, I really cannot imagine anyone else being Marty. Whereas with yeah. him, I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel like there could be a couple. Yeah, okay. Um, look, special mentions. Um, obviously, you mentioned James Tolkien and Strickland. Yep. Um, that's a that's a special thing for me because um, I grew up on Strickland Court, oh. which is why that name stuck with me, oh, wow. yeah, okay. um, which is a bit of a weird flex. Um, Billy Zane's first movie ever. I saw that in IMDb mm. and I was like- Real weird. Uh, what? I don't- like I can't remember him in it. It says match. Who's match? So he's one of the he's one of um one of the gang. Yeah, one of Biff Tannen's boys. Is he yeah. the one that keeps wearing the three D glasses? No, no, no. Oh. But if you saw him, like you'd be like, oh my god, that's Billy Zane. But yeah. if you if you blink, you miss. Okay. Um, he doesn't have any speaking roles or anything like that. It's not it's he's, just, he's not a big role. It's okay. just, Yeah. But obviously it is Billy Zane, and then you know, twelve years later, he's in uh, Titanic. Yeah. As Cal. Bit of a big movie. Yeah. Uh, I if again, obviously talking about movies that you associate people with, but Billy Zane for me is always the fan. Oh, I was going to no, say Zoolander. The, the oh, Zoolander. <laughs> the Phantom's a terrible movie as well. And oh, God, don't yeah. even get me started about Zoolander. Zoolander is trash. Oh, oh get out, Lee. Oof. Zoolander Oof. is phenomenal. Um, why have you not uh, brought up Charlie's Angels and Thin Man for, um, who was it, uh, for Crispin the Globe? It was Thin Man. No, did yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh I, I oh, thought oh. that'd be up there for you. No, I mean, look, it's sort of. I can't watch it without being like. Really? Hair, really? Yeah. Okay. I just see him sniffing the hair. Yeah, I get what you're talking about. You, do you know what we're talking about? No. Um, oh. Yeah, he's in Charlie's Angels. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, George the, the, the new one or the newish, not the new one. The, new one. Um, Cameron Diaz, yeah. okay. Drew Barrymore. He yeah. is like the creepy dude that sniffs the hair and yeah. it's so similar to his character that he's in, as George McFly. Because he's often himself. He, uh, Chris McGlove is actually amazing in Friday 13th Part 4, the final oh, chapter. Of course okay. he's in a horror movie. He is. No, yeah, but he, he is a horror movie. No, no, he but is he, a horror movie. There's one scene where he he dances with this woman that is iconic because it is the most batshit, bonkers, nonsensically weird dance that anyone could ever do in the 1980s and it's worth looking up. But anyway, okay. uh, score for the... Uh, do you have more honourable mentions? Yeah, I'm going to mention Mark McClure. Um, he was, um, he's the guy that played um, Marty McFly's brother. Oh, yeah. Just a, a tiny cameo but you'd probably know him he was actually in roles like superman one and two uh, and apollo 13 
Okay. Really? Just yeah, as, ra- as a random fun fact for you. Okay. Uh, and obviously the big one, that the big elephant in the room that no one's made mention of that has to Are have gonna, a does mention. Does it start with a H? It, of course. Huey Lewis. Huey yeah. Lewis. Uh, as a casting choice for yeah. uh, for the for one of the judges at the beginning. Yes. Uh, look, got the megaphone. It's very quick. Like if you don't know, yeah. you'll miss it. Oh, look, I like the fact that they chucked him in as a cameo. Um, Huey Lewis was obviously massive at the time. So it was, Love uh, it was Huey Lewis. Also contributed two songs to the soundtrack, which is our next, next category as so, well. So that was a nice little That's segue. Right. Uh, score for the the, the cast though. For me, casting is one. Okay, fair. Mm-hmm. So basic score and soundtrack. Um, I'll kick this one off. We get Huey Lewis twice. Yep. Uh, we get some old classics. We get Johnny B. Good. We get Earth Angel. Um, and whilst there are a lot of like cool like old school tunes and that, and the whole sort of awesome like mid eighties greatness of Huey Lewis, um, the Alan Silvestri score is just iconic. It's fantastic. It it's, yeah. it's it's amazing. It um, just reminds me of. Um, like theme parks, you know, going to Movie World or, you know, Universal. Like there's always that type of, you know, theme going on in the background. First time I went to Japan's Universal Studios, the first time they still had the Back to the Future ride. Um, yes. And it's like a simulator type thing. There's actual scenes acted out by like Michael J. Fox and, and the dog that aren't in the movies and stuff. Ooh. But the thing is, because you're in Japan, they're speaking Japanese. <laughs> so it's just really sort of... Of course of, they are. Yeah, it's just it's That just was, that was me recently with um, a, a French Iron Man. Oh, nice. Yeah, when I was in Europe, I was like, what? That'd be real weird, Yeah, right? it was so weird. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, I'm going one for soundtrack. Good actual songs and uh, yeah, the score is incredible uh yeah i also went a one um i love huey lewis in the news i am a big fan i know i'm not the age demographic for him but it's all right it's hip to be square yeah i'm so hip i just made and a lead square. joke <laughs> <laughs> and lee, lee didn't like it how do you how do you feel about yourself i'm very confused yeah, right now i would be too but um he they're just such catchy songs like power of love is so good and just him going through the um, like main square and stuff with that song. That opening scene's incredible. It's so good. Um, as I, as we just talked about the um, score of like the the um, intro of the not the theme song I should say. Um, it's it's a very recognizable. Everyone everyone knows the Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, um, I think that's about it really. But yeah, I was gave it a one. There's some. Really, really good songs up in there. Cool. Um, for me, it's a one. Um, hands down, it's a one. I'm, I'm basically going to echo basically what you guys have already said. But I want to make mention, a special mention to Eric Clapton, uh, the Four Aces, and Lindsay Buckingham. Etta James is also in there as well. Hmm. Um, and I love the gag uh, about uh, obviously Chuck Berry being in it, but then they oh, obviously that's bring, what I was going to talk about later. They bring so Chuck good. Berry into it too. That's yeah. very very clever. Um, but yeah, look, the soundtrack is phenomenal. I, just I do wish um, Michael J. Fox did actually sing though that's what I, that was uh, my one yeah. little like shame about the um soundtrack and scores. um so Alvin, alan silvestri also did the score to predator oh uh, yeah apparently there's a lot of scenes and songs in both movies that can like be interchangeable yeah. and fit the scenes really well yeah, and enough. someone was telling me at work the other day when i told him we we're doing this podcast but yeah that's <laughs> funny actually because um huey lewis in the news obviously is very iconic for this particular movie um and it makes sense he's in the movie he wrote two songs for the movie yes. and you watch the actual film clips or the video clips for uh the power of love and uh back in time they're all about the movie with snippets in them right mm-hmm. um but for me when you mentioned huey lewis in the news if you don't say do it no no if you mention oh, if you God. mention a movie the first movie that pops into my head whenever anybody mentions Huey Lewis in the news American L- Psycho is American Psycho oh. yeah yeah and that whole scene is just phenomenal that scene is incredible I'm yeah. so happy you didn't say duets we well, have we have to do American Psycho I haven't finished yet oh. and, and then there's duets <laughs> no <laughs> which right, I highly recommend right. that you do not watch so bad okay well let's keep it rolling on to our next category basic plot and story Lee you kick it off. Uh, look, basic plot and story, runtime of 116 minutes. Uh, it's I mentioned this before, I'm going to say it again. The whole movie is just a really easy watch. Um, you know, there's sim- simple character development, but they didn't go overboard with it. Mm-hmm. They didn't need to. Um, the, there's, the only thing, there's only one small gripe that I have. Well, I've got a couple of gripes, but we can get into them a little bit later. But the one question I am going to leave hanging with you guys is nobody ever explains... Why a seventeen-year-old kid is hanging out is with hanging out yes. with the creepy old uh, the creepy old scientist. I think that all the time. You know what? Watching it, I think I figured it out this time. Watching it, tell me, tell me. He goes there to play his guitar on this wicked system. He, he's allowed no, but, to go there okay. and play tunes okay. at his weird little science. But how did they meet? Yeah, but how do they know each other? Like, why would he go over there in the first place? I don't know. Someone, I, someone does say the dog. Com- <laughs> someone does say something like. 
I can't believe you're still hanging out with that kooky doctor or something. Yeah, yeah, Strickland but, does. But they don't actually explain why, why it happened in the first place. Yeah. Exactly. And no, look, it, it makes no sense. I agree. If you like, if you believe the, the concept of time travel is on an infinite loop, then the concept of the whole movie is basically one big ongoing loop, right? Yeah. Where so he, so Doc would have known to become friends. With Marty. Yeah, but that makes it even creepier because that means that he would have hung around when he was a kid going, I'm going to be friends with that guy. <laughs> I have to make friends with him, otherwise I'm going to die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But, you know, that, that just sounds creepy when you start breaking it down, right? So basically yeah. they're friends because Marty's got – this is what really shits me about time travel movies. He's friends with Marty because Marty went back in time and told him that he's going to help him get back to the future and not die. Yeah. And if Marty didn't go back – so basically it's Marty's fault for befriending him in the past – yeah, it's oh. so that's why they're friends. It hurts my head. We just figured it out, guys. No, <laughs> but, but <laughs> it's, it's but still it's, questioning. It's, it's chicken, what, and chicken and the egg. Like yeah, what comes what, what comes first? first, and more importantly, the car. How did it all? <laughs> how, how did it all begin? Like why were they friends in the first I, place? I yeah. don't. And they are these are these are these are weird fucking time travelly sorts of things. So that's that, the, that's the first gripe I've got. The, okay. the second gripe I've got is when um when he goes back in time, that's fine. He goes back mm-hmm. to 1955, and that's a standard thing. Um, one of the one of the key important characters that didn't get mentioned at the beginning is obviously Einstein, the dog. Yes. Yeah. Right? The dog that's in 1955, is that Einstein? Well, yeah, because that means that the, the Einstein That means that Einstein's is 30, like- <laughs> 35 years old. How old is that dog? Surely it can't be the same I, one. I thought the same thing. I was like, that's a fucking old dog. Also, like... <laughs> Doc Brown in the fifties. Exactly he, he looks like he's about like fifty, yes. and then in the eighties, he looks like he's maybe like late fifties. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, like the age five years. It's, over like, three him, it's like Forrest Gump, though. If we yeah. talked about this, Forrest yeah, Gump yeah, is yeah. not aged. Him, him, him and his dog basically got fry, cryogenically frozen for, for twenty five <laughs> years. Yes. Um, anyway, scores of the basic plot, the story, brother. Um, you're gonna get a one from me. Okay, fair. Joyce. Um, I also gave it a one. Um, I'm a massive fan of the 50s, so anything that has a 50s era to it, I'm I'm all for it. Um, I loved um, – when I'm watching it, I see where the director's coming from because I know that the reason he did this script was he looked through his parents' like yearbook and he was like, I wonder what my dad was like mm. back when he was in high school. And when I'm watching Back to the Future, I always think that. I'm always like, oh, I would love to go back in time and see what my parents were like as teenagers. So I don't I don't know why. That's where my mind goes when I watch Back to the Future because I would love to do exactly what Marty did. And So see. you wonder if your dad had hit on you? Yeah, pretty much. Well, I accidentally um, – Checked out my dad once. I didn't mean to, <laughs> but but my wow. my parents went to school together, and at my mum's fiftieth, she had like a um, class photo up, and I was like, oh, "Mum, who's the hottie in the back?" And she was like, um, "Your dad." And I was like, "Oh, I was like, Ugh. I was like, oh, that's so bad." Um, but yeah, so I'm always so intrigued um, by that plot. I like that's where it came from, how he created it. Um, I think that's a really cool way of um, looking at it. Um, and I loved how they ended it, um, making it an intro to number two. Number two, yeah, they did really, they did really well. Like um, I know that was meant to be an alternative ending, um, something about George finding like a, a a newspaper clipping of Marty at the dance. Oh, really? Yeah, they um, apparently it was meant to be. Yeah, it's meant to be um, George. Josie dropping, dropping some fire here. I know, yeah. Um, so George is meant to find a newspaper clipping from 1955 of a picture of Marty um, on stage doing the Johnny Be Good. And yeah, he like, doesn't exactly stay inconspicuous, does yeah, he? Yeah, being like, what? But then they ended up changing it and doing this smart move of uh, an intro to the second one. So well, that's a good way. More importantly, how, how, is, how is it that they don't remember? Yeah. I mean, would you go, hey, so we had our first kiss. I mean, the thing is as well is that when Marty's talking to his dad in the old days, yep. he looks like Marty. Does Marty hit a teenager and all of a sudden he goes, hang on a sec, he looks like that fucker that told me to... Yeah, like- and, and, and more importantly, and again, we're not doing, we're not doing gripes now, but i just got to ask the question, right? So obviously... One of the key elements of the story is um, Crispin Glover is visited by a uh, alien from the yeah. from, from, from the planet <laughs> Vulcan, Dar- right? Yeah, who, who Dar- plays, Vader. Right? plays Van Halen over so, his yeah, walkman. So, yeah, so yeah. I just want to clarify. So obviously he's a massive sci-fi nerd, right? Mm-hmm. And then growing up in the seventies and growing up in the sixties, he would have obviously been uh, he would have been um, exposed to both Star Trek and Star Wars. Very good point. So this isn't this isn't a a, a thing that he would easily forget because he's been visited by an Alien, traumatized. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so that's something scarred. that's going to hang with him. So, how is it that he has forgotten 
And it's, he's okay with the fact that he was visited by an alien and nothing else has come from that. So how is he not in a padded cell, you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guy's Instead, cool. Instead, he becomes rich and yeah. <laughs> successful. <laughs> and his bully washes his car. Um, okay, for basic plot and story, this was tough for me. I've gone to point five. Okay. Really? Okay. Only for the fact that, like, I think the story's phenomenal. I love it. And even talking about it now, I'm, I'm so inclined to turn on dime about it. But just the fact that time travel is tricky. It is. It's such a... It's it's a done-to-death story premise. Yeah, it's a trope, yep. It's very much a thing. And this one does it very well. And they add in all the complexities around his folks. And, you know, oh, these two need to get together. Otherwise, X, Y, and Z is not going to happen. We've yep. seen things like that, whether it's two people needing to get together or one person needing to do this, that, or the other. And, oh, we need to get back in time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not in a pun way, but we need to get back to real... Or back to the future. Yeah, just, you know, fuck, it gets confusing. Look, it does it all very good. And the execution's incredible, but like the basic plot and story, I just kind of find it's like, like, look, it's it's awesome. It's not like fucking as gay. Yeah, not as much as the rest of it. And maybe I'm just looking at something to pick out here. I think I agree. And look, obviously, I've had a couple of gripes, and there are more that where they're. See, came I from. can live with all that, but yeah. I'm kind of like if I'm if I'm getting nitty gritty about like sort of how I feel and all this, it's like it's not actually the main crux of the story that's so good. It's how they do it. No, I, I think I think the point that I'm trying to make is is that the movie is a face value movie. Yeah, but it's, it's everything. Everything is surface, and yeah. because of that, you don't need to look any further than that because it doesn't need it. Yeah, and that's part of its charm. Yeah, it's it's incredible, and I, and I fucking love it. It's kind of when I was looking at the basic plot and story. It's not like this was a, a, like in ways of like um I don't know say fuck. I can't even think of an example now. Oh, yeah. Like a really good movie. <laughs> You're like, oh, look, this changed the game. This didn't change the game. This just really was good. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a bit too critical for critical's sake, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick um, with my 0. Did 0.5. it win any awards or anything? Did it? I don't think so. Let's have a look. It's just one so. of those cult classic Oh, sorry. Things. No, it won an Oscar. For, oh, uh, for uh, I think it was for special effects, if memory serves correct. It's a great looking movie. Like they obviously pumped in a shitload of money yeah, to it as well. Yeah, best effects and sound uh, sound effect editing. Yeah, okay. The sounds okay. are great as well. Like it's 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 such a well done movie, and uh, I I do really enjoy it. But yeah, I'll go point five for basic plot and story. Uh, now this is uh the category that Lee likes to blow out of the water. Uh, th- up to three notable scenes. Um, I'll kick this one off. I've given it a full one because there are probably too many notable scenes and too many great scenes and just, Jesus, it's, it's a movie made up of notable scenes. Mm-hmm. But the three that I've picked is the entire start. Um, <clears throat> just just, a, just a, the, the first, first hour and a half yeah. of the movie. Yeah, 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 you know, it just really hits home. No, so um, as I've said before, like as a kid and especially at a young age, I was, I was a little like rock, little metal dude. I was into like, you know, uh, cool guitars and things like that. And one thing watching it this time that I realised, the guitar that Michael J. Fox picks up is fucking tiny. It almost looks like a ukulele. But anyway, <laughs> um, him playing the guitar and getting blown into the back oh, walk yeah, of the yeah. sound, so fucking cool. The little gadgets at the start, like mm-hmm. as a kid, even now as an adult, I'm in. This, this, is, this now, is super cool. there's foreshadowing in that. Why? If you go back, one of the clocks, there is a man ha- dangling from a... Um, oh, so can. he put himself in his own clock. Yeah. Okay, I like that. And as you said, the power of love, skateboard oh, through the thing. So good. That's all cool. I love that. Um, my other favourite scenes, and it's so hard just to nail down to three, which I'm sure Lee will, Lee will do seven. Um, <laughs> Johnny Be Good. I love the Johnny Be Good scene. I so love, good. again, being a big music fan and all the rest. Mm-hmm. Him doing Johnny Be Good, doing the dance moves whilst playing, him like kicking over speakers, getting feedback, doing some shredding, yeah. and the whole like uh, – Guess you guys aren't ready for that yet, but your kids are going to love it. That's that's one of my so notable good. scenes uh, and also quotes as yep. well. Yeah. Um, and as much as like the whole end sequence is so intense and full on and just amazing, I have not got that in there because the third and most notable scene for many reasons for me is the end when the car flies. When I was a kid, before even seeing the movie, I remember people talking about a flying car. And then I remember watching the movie, the car like zooms off and there's like trailer of fire. I'm like, the car's not fucking flying. And then- <laughs> <laughs> They lied to me. And then, uh, yeah, when the car actually, the wheels turn and, you know, zooms off like that. That's just like, that right there is iconic. If you see a montage of like movies of the 80s, mm-hmm. you're probably going to see that flying car before you see anything else on that movie, I think anyway. Really? I don't know. I just feel it's, it's really what massive. Cl- it's what you closely associate with it, is it? Well, it just stands out, you know, unless you see the car burn off and disappear. Yep. It's something to do with the car more so than the rest of it. But uh, they're my three. I'm going to give it a big one because this is a movie full of notable scenes. What do you got, Lee? Uh, for me, uh, both the dinosaur scenes are great. Oh, oh yes. Yes. Um, yes, and obviously the dinosaur that leads up to the uh, to the, the chase. 
Um, oh, that's a good one. Also, the fact that they replicate that in the sequels. Yeah, that, but they do it really say, yeah, well each yeah. time too. Yeah, it's different, but it's the same. Yeah. And they do it very, very well. Yeah. Um, I also like how it's finished, obviously, with the manure because that's an ongoing joke across all three movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he hates manure. Um, the, the Do many people like manure? <laughs> No, but just the way he Landscapers. does it. Landscapers. It, it's, it's such an iconic role where yeah, he spits it, it out. He's like, yeah, I hate manure. so fucking gross. Um, the flashback to when Strickland is introduced as a principal. He's still the principal still. when his, dad, uh, yep. when his dad's um, yeah. at, at high school. Um, you guys uh, have um, obviously mentioned the ones that I've, uh, I've put down, like the entire dance show, which includes the, the guitar solo uh, and the, the, the chase around the clock. And lastly, for me, the big one um, is when Marty visits George and drops all the pop culture references like, I am Darth Vader from mm-hmm. uh, Planet Vulcan, and he actually does the Vulcan, the yeah. Vulcan sign. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very, very tongue in cheek, but well done. And it's like uh, again, time travel does those weird things. It's like when uh, there's an episode of Family Guy where they go back in time, and like um, Peter Griffin's like they're going through an event, and he's like, "Now I know what a TV dinner feels like." And there's what are you talking about? He goes, "Die Hard hasn't been made yet. We can do it." Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's oh. like you can make use of all these things that no one knows yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He could go back there and be the smartest man alive. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Jobs. So, so what did you give it? Uh, look, it got a 0.5 from me. Oof. I also gave it a 0.5. Oof. Yeah. I, but can you notice that nearly all of our memorable seeds are the same? Yeah. So that is why I'm giving it a 0.5 because yeah. I had a feeling – it would all be the same. And again, it's to reiterate the point that I made before that it's it's a very surface movie. Yes. Right? So it's not very there's not, there's not a lot of depth behind it and mm. that's fine for what it is. But right? they're great scenes. It's not they trying are. to be anything more than it is. We're talking but about the scenes though. Yeah, yeah, scenes and I get great. that. And the, the, the <laughs> scenes are the scenes are good, but they're not blow your hair back. <sighs> oh, come on, man. Um yeah, I you've said all of my my scenes. Yeah. Um skateboarding um through town, both the opening scene as well as the chase. Um, with because uh, skateboards bit. weren't invented then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the prom scene, um, just the mostly the emphasis on the Chuck Barry giving the phone call. Um, I loved that. That was great. Um, and the car going back, not the flying. I yeah, actually yeah. appreciate the fire. Awesome. Oh, it's so cool! It's it's, it's, it's iconic. Um, something else that should be noted. Um, also, given our scores and all the stuff of the scenes, um, I hadn't watched this movie in a long time. And I completely forgot the whole thing about the Libyan terrorists. Um, yeah, okay. I forgot to do that with the whole plot. Um, what? Well, he stole plutonium. Yeah, and that's, there is a, that is a very key. It is a very key plot point, and that's why going further, he rigs the flux capacity to run on like yeah. That's how that's, that's how he gets it. He yes. he rips it off, and the, you know, there's a big quote from Marty saying, "You ripped off the uh, you ripped off the Libyans." Yeah, yeah. But if you were not paying attention at the start with the news thing yeah. on the TV and seeing the box underneath, you know, his shelves. You can completely miss it and be like, "What? Like, where? Where are these terrorists?" Well, it adds like, extra what? stakes to the end where he's got it. He's trying whilst he's back in time. He's trying to save Doc from yes. his eventual like death. Um, but I just thought that was an interesting thing that I completely forgot about because so many of these scenes are so memorable and you remember the the little points rather than the actual full because that's a major part of the story. I'd completely forgotten, which you know, call me stupid. That's fine, stupid. but okay, well done. <laughs> um, the other thing that I think we should note out that no one's spoken of and it is a little weird and awkward, but it's so amazingly done is when Marty's mum tries to fuck him. Oh, so, oh, so, oh. But it is so well done. It's hilarious. And it's, she, it's so cringe it though. Is though but it how, is so cringe. Her acting in it is like, it's just, it's, 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 it's on purpose though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not like something that I want to rewatch again and again, but every you see it, it's like, oh man, oh no. And he knows what's up. She's obviously oblivious. It's like, hey, there's, yeah. this, there's this hot guy in my, love that my room. When she does finally kiss him, she's like, no, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to sort of mention that. Um, okay, so the next one is like the attractiveness or the, uh, you know, the appeal of this movie um, to each of us personally. Uh, let's go with Jose. Hello, I know that we've talked about this before and we've done it in a negative way. We've said that it's, um, I can't remember what movie it was, but we said it was a plane movie and we said it in a bad way that like it's just, it should just be on a plane. Whereas- Oh I, yeah, okay. I can't remember what it was that we talked about it for, but it was in it's a, a negative pl- light. It's a plane movie. But I'm like, for Back to the Future, I see it in a positive light because if I see it when I'm on a plane, I will always watch it. Is that City Slickers? May, yeah, it might have been City Slickers. I think Adam, I think Adam called it a plane movie. It whereas, sounds like a Lee line. Whereas I see Back to the Future in a good way for it being a plane movie because if it's ever on TV, if it's ever on a plane, I will watch You'll it. You'll watch it. Yeah, because 
it's well, you're lucky actually because um, uh, it hasn't been renamed in America, so you you, <laughs> could, you could find it. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, that's how I see the appeal of it. I gave it a point five. I was very close to giving it a one. Um, I was very torn, uh, but I gave it a point five. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I gave it a full one. Um, I'm like, it's fun. It's funny. It's sci-fi. It's action. It has it all and does it well. Like, I yep. just think it ticks a lot of boxes. But the sort of shit that I'm into, um, even, you know, like, um, yeah, it, again, I remember as a kid, I was like, man, this looks awesome. Um, as a teenager, I'm like, oh, man, it's on TV. You know, you turn it on. Yeah. It's like, you know, he's Every just time. he's just about to go back to the 50s or he's just landed in the 50s. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to watch the rest of this. Like, Well, it's it's one of those movies that you have the ability to be able to sort of uh, flick over, watch, and you could be you know, three quarters of the way through, but you'll still watch the rest of it because you're so familiar with what's happening. Yeah, and it's also that so. good that, like, you're not, like, you know, it's not like you've missed it. There's no point where you're going to be like, even if you've gotten, he's just gotten back to the 80s and mm-hmm. it's about to wrap up. I'm still going to watch that last 10 minutes because yeah, yeah. I want to yes. see the flying car. Yeah. I want to see, you know, anyway, but yeah, I, I'm going a one because this, uh, yeah, this is me all over. I love this movie. Um, for me, it's uh, 0.5, but for exactly the same reasons. Okay. Um, except, uh, again, I'm going to reiterate the point that it's just, it's a very face value, uh, very face value movie. Like it's, there's not a lot of depth to it. There's not a lot of thinking to it. No, it's no, just, it's, it's an easy watch, right? Well, there is, but there isn't, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't. It's think not like um, you can Incep- turn your brain it's not Inception it. or something, yeah. you know? Yeah, like, yeah. What? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not. It's not supposed to stay with you with the once the movie's finished, yes. right? Um, and for me, uh, because of that, you know, it doesn't really drive home. I guess you know, as a, as a simple movie, it's great. It's a time waster, and I I love the your definition of it being a plane movie because I'm the same. Mm. If I saw it on the plane, if I ever did watch a movie on a plane, um, if I saw if I saw it on the plane or something like that, I would sit down and watch it. You yeah. know, it's going to do the job. It's going to entertain. Exactly. You're yeah. going to have fun. Yeah, um, it's a good way. I'll be absorbed for the next what hour yeah, and a half. It's a good, yeah, I was just about to say it's a great way to kill 116 minutes. Yeah, yeah. The, the best way, dare I say, is to watch a movie that you uh, enjoy and is very rewatchable. Um, okay, so that wraps up the scoring portion of it. We will go back to the scores at the end of the run. Um, up to three notable quotes. Um, Josie Lee, who wants to take it off? Lily, you got this? Uh, one of my favourite quotes is, this is heavy. There's that word again. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with Earth's gravitational pull? Yeah, love um, that one. I love that joke, but it's also used across the uh, the rest of the movies as well because he, he uses, that's heavy. Ah. Yeah, and um, I yeah, I just think it's great. It's just such a stupid, corny line, but it's yes. a very 80s uh, for the time. Mm. Yeah, um, It was very appropriate for the time. Uh, make like a tree and get out of here. Oh, you stole mine. That's my first one. <laughs> it's so stupid, it but so it, it, it fits him so well. It is yes. so you. That's <laughs> not very nice. It's true though, right? Oh, fair. Because oh, it just does not make sense. You love a shit joke. <laughs> I do like a shit joke. Yeah. Uh, uh, when he rocks up to the diner, I know I've mentioned the diner scene, but he rocks up to the diner and he doesn't really sort of know where he is, but he does, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, give me a tab. And uh, he's like, I can't give you a tab unless you order something. something. He goes, all right, well, give me a Pepsi free. free. And he goes, if you want a Pepsi, you got to pay for it, pal. Yeah. That that whole interaction. Give, then give is, me something without sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. That whole interaction is phenomenal. And then he ends up getting a cup of coffee anyway because yeah. there's, no, there's nothing without sugar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, those are interesting choices, Lee. You had a fourth, didn't you? I've got more than that. Oh, Christ, um, we'll come back. No, 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 no. You've had your three. We can ooh. come back if you if you, if you leave any behind. Um, I've got uh, Rhodes where we're going. We don't need Rhodes. Yes. Glasses that's down. very well known. That's, that's yes. iconic. Well, it's almost cliche. Almost, It's iconic to the point where it's almost cliche for that uh, for that particular film, right? Yeah, well, it's, it's it was yeah. it was used in a uh, it was used in an address in a, in, a, in a, uh, a presidential address. Well, that's how important this bloody movie is. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other one I got is very basic. It's just similar. Great Scott. Yes, that's I was waiting for us. Like, uh, one of us to that's do it. on there. That's that gets dropped a bunch of times, and it's very iconic with this movie. And uh, yeah, my third most quotable, um, notable quotes or favorite quotes is uh, I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet, but your kids are gonna love it. Yeah, that's yeah. A great. Quote. Um, I, it also gets memed a lot now with like uh like horror movies or like death metal and weird shit I'm into they use that and then have that paddle afterwards yep um, do you have any that haven't been used Josie um, not really you've you've stolen all of mine the only Sorry. other one that um, I did was a very one one word very simple um, was Biff saying shit when he was covered in, in shit, shit. <laughs> yeah so that's that's just the other one that I've added to um, the guess you guys aren't ready for this as well as the make like a tree yep alright yeah. Lee two more um when he's on the phone, when Marvin Berry's on the phone to his cousin Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your cousin Marvin Berry. 
Yeah, you know that new sound you're looking for. Well, listen to this. It's uh, it's very it's so it's, good. It's so on the nose. It's oh. low hanging fruit, but I get uh, yeah. it. It's it's but very every, clever. Everyone would get it. Yeah, you know? that's like, the, that's the point. Like, yeah, uh, it's, it's laid on thick. It that's really the point. hits the spot. And the final one is when um when he because uh, obviously it's fresh that um his parents have told him the story of how they met each other, um but it's not really clear as to why uh, his dad was actually in the in the way of the car in the yeah, first yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, and, the then he, and then he and then he follows him and then he follows him and he's up. The tree with a pair of binoculars. A, a Tom he, he's or like he's a peeping Tom. He's a peeping Tom. Tom. That's it. Yeah. But the way that he says it, it's very, very clever because it's like you know, my dad's a pervert. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah. real creepy. Was was it her that he was looking at? I couldn't see who it actually was. Or was uh, it just a girl in general? Might have been. I don't know. I'm not sure. But yeah, okay. the fact that the, and, and you know, it's interesting because again, not to gripe again, but that's 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 a psychological issue that wouldn't just disappear. Does that mean that sort of <laughs> you know, thirty years from now, he's still he's a bit still of a voyeur? Yeah, still yeah. up in a yeah, maybe just fapping about. Probably <laughs> cross. Um, <laughs> random fun facts and extra notes. Uh, obviously, we've touched on Eric Stoltz being the original casting for Marty. Yeah, I, I think that's the big one. That's yeah. definitely the big one. So so he got fired or he quit? Uh, it was a it was a combination of both. So yes. they so everyone turned around and said the role's not for him. Okay. Yeah, because he was too too serious about it. He just didn't. He was like, I it's a, meant to be a serious part, whereas everyone didn't believe it should be. He did go on to uh, many other great movies. Yeah. Anyway, he's had yeah. had quite a good career. Um, so originally the car wasn't going to be a car. The time traveling device was going to be a refrigerator. Really? Yeah. I'm glad they went with the car then. Yeah. It was literally going to be a fridge. Have you heard that before, Lee? No, I haven't. No, legit. It's, it's totally a thing. Um, and well, I um, guess that's a cool. <laughs> um, the other one I have is the you top. Just laugh out of my jokes, Josie. Yeah, I did. Oh god, you, I know. You must be sleep deprived. I am. Um, also, it was the top grossing movie of 1985. Yeah, that's big. That, that does not that surprise is, me at all. Doesn't surprise me. No, but it's a great movie. But just tying on to that, actually, I love the fact that it was the biggest grossing movie of uh, of that 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 particular year. Um, but the script was rejected 44 times. I, crazy, right? I saw that. That's crazy. Yeah. But at the time, the script was a, a time traveling fridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, but um, obviously a shadow of what it was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just amazing how it goes from now nah, we're going to reject it forty-four times to have it being the largest movie ever in that in that yep. particular year. Um, what I found out and I thought was pretty funny: um, someone called Sid Sheinberg, like another uh, famous director or producer, Sheinberg. Sheinberg yep, yeah. thank you. Um, he didn't like the title of Back to the Future, so he sent a memo to uh, Spielberg and to what is what's his name? Zemeckis. Yes, um, being like, I think you should change it to Spaceman and from Pluto. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what he wanted to call it, Spaceman from Pluto. And Spielberg wrote back, this is the quote that I um, just got up. Sid, thanks for your most humorous memo. We all got a big kick out of it. Thanks, Stephen. <laughs> and then just went forward with Back to the Future. Spaceman uh, from Pluto. Yeah, I Nothing was in like, the movie is in space. That is brilliant. <laughs> I was like, I love that. Uh, you got any lead? Yeah, um, I've got lots. I thought you wanted to circle me to last because I've nah, got you more. Got, yeah, I've got more than one, Joyce? I've got more than my um, allocation. Well, we talked about it a bit at the start um, with Michael J. Fox being at Family Ties. The reason They wanted him first, I'm pretty sure, but Family Ties would not let him out of uh, the bubble of Family Ties and so they had to go back and like mm. plead and they said he can do it but he has to still be on Family Ties. So um, Michael J. Fox would um, go to Family Ties all day and then go straight to the Back to the Future set and then do act that all, all night. All night. Yeah. Like he smashed Grind. out crazy hours and did both um, for a solid two or three months. Well, he was a big star back then, so yeah. it sort of makes sense. But it's interesting. This actually, also made him even more of a yeah, star. Yeah, correct. And Very it's interesting so. because obviously he was the right age uh, the right age bracket. Um, I'm surprised that he wasn't part of the, the Brat Pack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because um, obviously the Brat Pack was so big back then at the same time and he wasn't part of it, but he was the right age for it. Yeah. Um, do you want mine? Yeah. Uh, Bob Gale and Robert Z- uh, Zemeckis own the rights to the film and have stated that it won't be remade while they're still alive. Good. Which is great. I think that's phenomenal, especially mm-hmm. in this day and age where they're just remaking everything. And yeah. not even like not even trying a lot of ca- yeah. in a lot of cases. It's just like we'll use this IP and just try and make a dollar. Uh, yeah. John DeLorean sent a letter of thanks to Robert Zemeckis saying thank you for immortalizing the car. True. That's fair. I've uh, seen a documentary yeah. on that car and how people like – like buy those for extortion amounts of yeah. money, do them up, like all because of this movie. Didn't I send oh, you? Sure. I, I'm pretty sure I sent you guys a photo of the uh, the the new one, the new 2023 uh, version of that car. 
they've, they've relaunched it. It's a full you, electric you've car. You've sent us a lot of things. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a 2023 full electric version of that car. It's still got the gold doors and everything. Oh, shit. Um, and it's worth like 400 grand. Shit. Um, I'd like to see that. Oof. Send that again. I'd like to see that. Oh, okay. Yeah, not, yes, not right now, Dickhead. Um, so here's an issue. I found this interesting. Christopher Lloyd and Leah Thompson um, share a scene together. They share that scene together where she um, she stalks uh, Marty back to oh, uh, yes. Doc's place. Yes, yes, and yes. they say an awkward hello to each other. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they've actually starred in six movies together and it's the only scene that they share in all six movies. That is weird, right? That's how, cool, though. That's like, weird, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Sort of like you. That's do you, great trivia. How do you how do you go through like working with somebody for six so movies and only share one scene specifically? Uh, Michael J. Fox added the J, so he wouldn't be confused with Michael Fox, was who was an actor from the fifties, mm. who was also in a time traveling movie, apparently. Oh, there you go. Wow. Um, do you want more? I've got more. One more. I've got more than that. How many more? A couple. They're small. We're at 45 minutes. Inspire, inspire the creation of Rick and Morty. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I see that. Uh, John Lithgow was the first choice for Ebert Brown. Ooh. Can you imagine that? Yeah, because I'm pretty yeah. sure um, Christopher Lloyd turned Doc down quite a few times. Yeah, it makes sense. But can you imagine, obviously, Doc Brown, not, not just a different Doc Brown, but John Lithgow as Look, Doc Lithgow Brown. Lithgow could mm. do it, but Lithgow, Lithgow's career would be vastly different because oh, Lithgow didn't do like full quirky, funny shit until a bit later. He was like, especially in the eighties and like early nineties, he was always the bad guy. He was a bad guy. Have you seen um uh, the World According to Garp? I have. That's a very strange movie. It's a very strange movie. He's a transgender. This is why I have not yes. seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's Robin yeah. Williams. Very early Robin Williams. Oh, yeah, it's uh, some Robbie. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's an interesting. I actually saw that quite young, and that movie didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, well, like, probably yeah. still doesn't. Well, that immortalized the uh, the, the Beatles "When I'm 64" song for me because that's the first thing I think of whenever I hear that song. Okay, interesting. Um, but anyway, and the last little tidbit I've got is uh, Melora Hardin was originally cast as Jennifer, and then was Ben because she was too tall. I oh, don't know. Michael, Michael J. Fox, J. Fox is tall. He's five foot four. He's famously small. Yeah, yeah. So do you know who Melora Hardin is? No. Um, so I'm going to show you a picture of her now for those that uh, those can see the screen. Basically, yeah. everyone listening to this podcast. So if you've ever if you've ever watched <gasps> The Office, Jan. Yeah, it's Jan, Jan Levinson from, from The, the Office, office. Oh, okay. and um, the principal in Seventeen again. Yes, correct. Yeah, uh, she's also from what I what I originally know her from. She's also in uh, Reckless Kelly, a terrible Australian yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, the yeah. Mu- the mum in Hot Chick. Yeah, um, for those of the younger female, it's but, yeah. also male. But the bold type. When how, how tall is she? When I, oh, I don't know, but obviously taller than Michael J. Fox because everyone's taller than Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just really interesting seeing her. Uh, and and sort of picturing her as potentially as Jennifer, that would have been really weird, right? Yeah. Leah Thompson kills it though; she's phenomenal in this movie. Well, um, Jenna, no, no, Jennifer, Jen, no Jennifer, not the mum. Oh, the sorry. girlfriend. Yes, okay, sorry, sorry, um, sorry. But sorry. she gets replaced anyway in the second movie, regardless. Yeah, she does. Mm. Yeah, okay. Which is interesting. All right, let's go on to scores, my good people. Uh, Josie May, what did you score this out of five? Going uh, by your points, it is three and a half for me. Okay. Three and a half. Adam? Uh, I went four and a half. This was- Whoa. This was, you guys have no idea how close this was to becoming a five for me. This was was almost going to be my first five. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. What did you score Raiders at? You didn't score that at a four? You scored Raiders as a four and you're you're scoring this as a a four and a half. Yep. Wow. Yep. Four four and a half for me and I'll back that. You're all the way to the bank? Yeah, dude. All the way to the bank. Yep. Interesting. All right. My um, fir- yeah, I, I didn't quite hit my first five, but it almost did. Yeah, okay. Interesting. How'd you go, Lee? Uh, I scored a three and a half. Huh. Okay. Oh, so same, same. It's wow. a, look, it's a, it's a good movie, but again, there's a lot of it's a lot of surface. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess the, the part of the reason why it loses a bit of, it loses some of its charm or allure for me is uh, the gripes that I probably shouldn't be thinking about, but I do because that's the way my brain thinks. Yeah, fair. Um, but yeah, they annoy me slightly. So, what was the IMDb score? Uh, so, the IMDb score is 8.5, if memory serves correct. Give me two seconds. Let me just double check. I had it and now I don't know where it's gone. Good one. Yep. Uh, so, what was our combined scores? Two, three and a half makes seven, and my four makes it 11. I did maths. <laughs> can, you, can you do the other math? No. Oh. So it's 8.5 out yep. of 10. But that's out of 1.2 million votes. That's a lot Woo! of motherfuckers. That's a lot of votes. Um, okay, so we got so 11. Did you get 11? I got 11. Might want to double check that. Two 3.5s and a 4. So we scored at 73%. Oh, so we've undercut it. We have undercut it by fair, by fair estimation. That's uh, okay. 
Right. By a fair estimation. I don't have to like it, but it is what it is. That's what the podcast does. <laughs> um, so the target audience for this kind of movie, who would you say this is a target audience for? Uh, I think the family. Target, yeah, family. I also think that uh, anybody uh, anybody born in the 80s and maybe early 90s, early to mid 90s also will so appreciate millennials? it. But this, Okay, I'm going to amend my comment by saying anybody who understands what a VHS tape knows what, uh, will like this movie. True. See, and I, will understand the references. Yeah. I think this is a movie for everybody. Okay. It's got a little bit of sci-fi. It's got a little mm-hmm. bit of action. It's got a little bit of a romance. It's got I, a little bit of fun. I it's got a bit think, of comedy. I don't think it's got the, the right appeal for somebody watching it. as like If you're a fresh 12-year-old now, yeah. I don't think it would have the same appeal as a 12-year-old back 20 years ago. Possibly, and I won't be able to give that perspective. But it's funny that you should say that because um, did we go watch the new Shazam movie together? Yes. Okay. Kid in Shazam, Shazam movies probably like meant to be like not even 20 yet. He's wearing a Goonies shirt. And I'm like, do kids of this era like these mid-80s movies like The Goonies I, and Back to the Future. Because I was I, straight away, there's no fucking way this kid's... I think they pretend to. I think they see a cool T-shirt and want to be like woke and, you know, not the... I, I don't think that's a correct utilisation of woke. <laughs> I think it is because... They, I'm woke. I like The Goonies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're not meant to. Uh, look, I get what you're saying. But like they're trying to be all like, I'm different. I'm so cool. I know what the Goonies are. Like so many places like Cotton On and JJ's and things like that put out um, shirts. Like of, the retro stuff. Yeah, the retro stuff that the kids are like, oh, this looks so cool. Like I'm going to claim that I know this. I don't actually know if they do. You're a school teacher. Ask some kids. I teach year ones. They're not going to be wearing a Goonies. No, I'm talking about Goonies. I'm saying like ask them if they've seen Back to the Future and like it. Again, year ones. Okay, yeah, they're like six years old, man. You would have watched it when you were six. If any, yeah, I probably would have. But if if uh, if anything, they're probably not watching Back to the Future. They're just being really good friends with an old creepy scientist. <laughs> you, are you a scientist, Josie? Uh, Josie, I try, you I just love you lots of two of my jokes on this podcast. I, you feel it, all right? Sleep deprived. All right, all right. Oh, too funny. Fair enough. Anyway, that's Back to the Future. Our scores were a little bit lower than what the general consensus is, but it's a great movie. Check it out if you haven't seen it in a long time. It's yeah, still it's re- about three and a half out of five. It's, it's, you're a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> it's still a very enjoyable movie. It is. Is. Uh, it's, it's a plane just ride great movie. Fun. Yeah. yeah, it is a great. It is a great film. Yeah, you're gonna have a good time. It's all easy the same. watching, and it's it's one of those it's one of those movies that it wants you to it, like. It makes you want to watch the rest of them as well. Yeah, I've, they set it up. I've almost held back on watching the sequels just because I'm like, surely we're gonna do them down the line. No, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the sequels so I can go and watch them again later. Lee is like, there is no stopping Lee. There's a reason why this podcast was your idea and why you're as good as you are, my friend. That's incorrect. He's smashing mash right now, so. I am smashing mash. That says something. I am smashing mash. I I, I, I am. on a good mash smash. I am 18 episodes into (laughs) season one right now. It's ridiculous. This has got nothing to do with the podcast, but thank you very much, Lee. That's a wonderful insight into your life. Yep. Sad, (laughs) isn't it? Oh, my goodness. But uh, this has been great fun. As it always is, it has been Two Guys, A Girl, and A Movie Podcast. Until we meet again, I'm Adam. I'm Josie. And I'm still not Adam. I'm Lee. Oh, you are. Go get him off. All right. We'll catch <laughs> you next time, guys. Thank you so much for joining Bye. us. Bye. Bye.